COVID-19 is descending on us while unemployment is ascending. Actually, it's skyrocketing. And right now, things only are getting worse as business owners all across the country are closing their doors, forced by state and local governments to shelter in place. So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? We're the Benham Brothers, and this is the Expert Ownership Podcast. We believe entrepreneurs and business owners were made for moments like this. And leaders like you were not just built to survive, you were born to thrive. Today, we're going to talk to a guy we went to college with at Liberty University who's topped charts as a best-selling author, host of Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Podcast, and now he hosts his own nationally syndicated radio show, The Ken Coleman Show. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Ken Coleman. Ken, I remember being in the dorm room with you at Liberty University and how you would just talk. And I remember Jason and I were like, man, this guy can absolutely talk. You could actually talk more than me, David, which is, which is stunning. But then I remember just a few years later, you're married, you have kids, you're living in Atlanta, and you're doing color commentating for high school football. And I mm. thought, yeah, yeah, he's, he's starting humble. That's mm. amazing. And then... Boom, we see you live stream to the nation with Dave Ramsey on stage, live on Fox and Friends, and now you're here with us on our podcast. I think ours is probably a little more important than what you just did. No, I'm only teasing. Absolutely. It's just amazing. history. It's amazing. That's right. It's amazing to see uh, just your rise to influence, and I really believe uh, that part of that, at least a significant part of that, is for this moment right now. Okay, so now obviously uh, you and Dave specialize in money. Like, I mean, of course you're you're high on leadership and all of these things, but let's talk money just for a second. So yeah. you've got a small business owner; uh, he's got to make some tough decisions. You know, obviously some folks are going to have to lay off those uh, that they don't want to lay off. What what uh, would you give as just just advice for an entrepreneur, business owner right now who's going through these tough economic times? Obviously, he's going to have to contract. But did you have any specific advice that you give them as it relates to their money? Yes, we talk about this on the personal and in the business. Oh, good. You got to protect your four walls. So here are the four walls. Okay, so we're talking about shelter. So we would call this your office space. So this is your mortgage or your rent. All right, that's number one. Uh, Number two would be um, your transportation. This is personal. So again, we're going to apply this to the business. Uh, Number three is your utilities. And number four is your food. So now in the business, you don't have the food category and you don't really have the transportation category, but think about your, your shelter and your utilities. So okay. what we're talking about here is, and what I would put in, in the food category is really your people. Okay? Yeah, yes. And so as a business owner, I'm looking at, okay, I've got my, my rent, my mortgage, I've got my people, and I've got my utilities, you know, just what yep. keeps this thing going. And so I think you have to start there. You go, okay, Very I'm going to look at my budget, my business budget. I'm going to look at that spreadsheet and I'm going to say right now we are pressing pause on everything else. Okay. And so these are the expenses that we have to take care of. Mm. And again, I'm just giving you folks a simple framework. That's good. Yeah, okay? exactly. But the idea is you're looking at what are the essentials right now? And you're going, okay, I may have to let some people off, but I'm going to have to keep other people. Uh, am I going to have to furlough versus, you know, completely let people go? Uh, am, or am I going to say, hey, can we all take a thousand dollar cut? I'm using arbitrary numbers. Sure. But, you know, I, I think it's about looking at what can the collective unit do. I think a lot of people, guys, have let people go too soon. Now, I'm not saying that. 
with a critical spirit. Right. But I sure would like to see you and your leadership get around the table, lock the door, and figure out what are the essentials for us in this season. I think you're in a 60, 90, 120-day mindset. You're only running the business for that amount of time. I think that's where I would tell you to start. Because when you do that, guys, here's what happens. I get perspective, which is another way of saying I get clarity for 60 days or for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. And, and we're running the business based on that because the world, the economy is going to change and get back to a much more normal situation. So the issue is how do we stay alive? Yeah, that's, that's my right. fear is how many businesses will absolutely close the doors forever because of this. But if you can hang on, better days are coming. Yeah. So Jason and I, we, we, uh, early in our business, we created three budgets. We created a livable, a comfortable yep. and an incredible budget. Great. And so we're pivoting immediately to the livable budget, not, not only personally, but also professionally with our company. And so you, you create a cash flow budget, basically, okay, what, what are the fixed costs that are going to keep me afloat? Like what you, I'll use your words to keep us alive as a yep. business. What are those fixed costs? And then We'll list them out, set a days, set a date, 30 days out, 60 days out, 90 days. And then we identify the, the services and the expenses that we'll have to cut if we pass that date and yep. just kind of just forecast it out that way. And I, I love what you're saying is, hey, look, 30, 60, 90, 120 days, let's create that budget and let's stick to it. And then let's create leadership where we get our people around and see how we can hold on to our folks. And that's, that's literally where my brother and I are right now. I mean, we're in this, so we're not like sitting here as talk show hosts, thought yeah. leaders. We're actually in the trenches right, right now making very difficult decisions. As a matter of fact, I was praying this morning and I got teared up. I was like crying saying, God, what are we going to do? We've got to make some, some serious decisions here. And, uh, and I think that, you know, it's interesting that you said the four walls and you're thinking about obviously your personal home, but even your corporate space. Yeah. Jason and I, we're landlords. We have large holdings in residential. We have holdings in commercial. We have multifamily holdings. And, uh, and, and that allows my brother and I, so we're not only on the rent side ourselves having to pay it for our company, but then we also collect it for other companies. And so, uh, I was, I was sitting there thinking through this and, uh, I had some tenants reach out to us and say, guys, we need to, could we potentially uh, adjust the rent and all of these other things? And honestly, my first thought was there's going to be some relief out there. So let's go that direction first. And then I felt a gentle whisper in my spirit. And I, I know it was from the Lord to the merciful, you will be shown mercy. Uh -huh. And I was like, wow, I really need to work with these folks as a yeah. landlord. And so anyway, I'm just hoping that people that are listening to this are encouraged, not only by what you're saying, but hopefully by what we're all going through in the trenches, how, we get, how we're going to handle it. Ken, money. that's David's lead in to ask you for a $100 loan. Can you give me 100 bucks, Ken? I could sure It's use. on its way. Yeah. I will cash app you shortly. You know what? I want to add something to what you said, because I think you make a good point. You made me think of something, and I want people to hear this. You are not the only ones in this thing. Mm, yeah. And I, I am continually stunned by the things that we as leaders and human beings do because of social pressure that doesn't even actually exist. Mm. Here's what I mean. I think you've got to sit down and, and David, what you said made me think of this. And I think this is massively important. You know, there's something about the fact that you're not the only one in this and the whole stinking world is in the middle of this thing. So That's why right. don't you actually have the guts to have a clear conversation with some people and go, Hey, here's my reality right now. Mm. Would you be willing to let me forego my rent? Are you in a position where you could forego my rent for two months and then I make it up to you? 
Yeah. You know, and that's just one example. I'm saying you have got to talk to other people that that you rely on. So if you owe money to a landlord, you know, if you're a small business, um, you know, I saw this yesterday in the news. Cheesecake Factory told all of their <laughs> landlords, they're like, we ain't paying you rent on April 1st. Okay. Wow. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that's what you have to do, but I'm saying, you know, don't remove the option of calling somebody up and going, hey, would you be willing to help me meet me in the middle? That's a pride factor. I'm going to tell you yeah, something. Yeah, that is. That's there are hard. three major enemies to leaders. Fear, doubt, and pride. They're insidious. They're from the pit of hell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you let them sit on your shoulder, you're in trouble. It's over. And so don't be afraid right now. Who gives a crud what somebody thinks? That we're all in this deal. Yeah. So, that's you know, exactly I just think that's right. an important thing. That's you know, an option and, and is it, to say, and help it, me. And it also uh, reminds me that, you know, if you're, if you're used to just texting or digitally connecting with people, you're going to have to actually cross the line and Amen. have conversations, either face-to-face -face or I'm on the so phone. This is really <laughs> a very important time for us to be able to have those conversations. So that's a good that we hey, can Ken, I want to jump on something you said, which I really like, and I might steal it. Um, Go for it. And not give you any credit whatsoever. Okay. You said, now is not the time to take leaps. Now is the time to just take measured steps. That's right. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Can you give our... Listeners, obviously, we're looking at entrepreneurs and leaders. Just some very practical, what are some measured steps that you're taking or that you would suggest that they take right now in whatever categories? Yeah, well, let me start with what I think is the most important thing in crisis for a leader, and that's communication. And let me throw a, a, an adjective in front of that. Clear communication. Mm. Good heavens. Leaders who don't communicate clearly in times of crisis, they're just behind the eight ball. Wow. And, and uh, if you have not clearly communicated to your team right now, today's the day. That's good. I mean, today. Right now. Right now. Via Zoom. Let me tell you what I think you got to do. You have to, you have to first say, uh, let me give you a little bit of a construct. I'm making this up as I go. So this might be good. It might be awful. <laughs> yeah, Here we whatever. Go. I think number one, you have got to say, this is where we are now. This right. is where we are. As a company, this is where we are financially. Mm -hmm. This is our reality. Here's what the revenue situation looks like. Um, and then you need to say, here's what we don't know. Yeah, that's good. Leaders rarely do this, but let me tell you, you want people to lock arms with you and follow you. Be honest and vulnerable. Right. Because again, they're not buying your bull crap anyway. So if you're trying to fake it, they know it. <laughs> I've heard that works it. in marriage too. Uh, by the way, yeah, and your kids too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I learned a long time ago to just own it. And yeah. so I would say, this is what we don't know. So here's where we are. That's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Okay. Right. Now, here's what we're doing about what we know. And here's what we're going to try to shift to based on what we don't know. So once we yep. know what we don't know, then we're going to pivot. And that means we're going to come back to you and we're going to communicate to you clearly every step of the way. Yeah. But this is a day-to-day, week-to-week strategy right now. Yeah, that's excellent. I don't think you can lead month-to-month -month right now. No. Uh, and by the way, let's just go ahead and throw this out there. You're, some of you are going, Ken, that's really hard. I know. Welcome <laughs> to leadership. Right. Amen. Totally. Because if you thought leadership was easy, I got news for you. You're in the wrong business. Now you, it's being you know, put you, to the test. You threw a word out there that I have heard probably more in the last week than I've ever heard in my whole life, and we've talked a lot about it. You said the word pivot. Yeah. And that's where we are right now. And you think about a uh, football player, you know, if he's wide receivers going out and he's going to have to make a pivot for his cut, 
you know, on a post route or whatever, the first thing he's going to have to do is break down a little bit. You know, his feet get a little choppier, you know, yeah. and that and that's deceleration a little bit to make your move. And I think I right that. now is our deceleration moment where we're, as business leaders, having to slow down, pause, think, dig deep, and then boom, make a decision and move. Ken, I think, he's, re- I think he's referencing back to those days in the intramural fields at Liberty yeah. University with you and yeah. your headband breaking well, down in front of that defender. <laughs> let me tell you something. I am a uh, strapping five foot eight white guy who can't jump over paper. <laughs> yes, uh, you can. <laughs> but I do know basketball. And let's play this out a little bit. Okay. So really the pivot is best used by a big man when he gets that ball down on the block and he's got defenders all around him Yes, and uh, he gets the ball down there and he might have two or three defenders, you know? And so what does he do? He's got that one anchor foot and he pivots and he can pivot in a 360 degree That's right. uh, motion. And what is he doing? He's pivoting in a three, he can go 360. Why? He's looking for the opportunity to shoot the ball, to get the ball up there. And so that's what you've got to do right now. I got to yeah. tell you, I love that. Dick Vitale has nothing on you, Ken Coleman. Well, you know, listen, that's what you got to do that's right, right now. Yeah. You're pivoting and looking for an opportunity. And we didn't discuss that a moment ago. So we, we kind of got off track. So the first thing I said was communicate clearly. Now here's what we got to do. We've got to pivot. We got to get all hands on deck and go, all right, where can we bring in some new revenue that we weren't before. That's right. Let me tell you something. Crisis and limitations are the greatest environment for innovation. For opportunity. That's, That's totally right. true. Think about this. Innovation happens when we have no resources. Think about it. Cause you go, yeah. well, I don't have any money. That's right. But you can innovate. And so we're doing that at Ramsey Solutions right now. It's all hands on deck. Our leadership team is meeting every day and we're going, okay, what can we give away to the, to the world? Uh, to get them to taste it. And then we go, oh, boom, because we've got the answer. Dave Ramsey's baby steps, guys, is the answer to a crisis. Because if you if you have stored up corn and wheat, you got that six, 12-month emergency fund, you're not losing sleep right now. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because I love his quote, if you live like no one else, you'll live like no one else. That's right. And that doesn't just mean in times of success. That means even in times when there's an economic crisis. Yep. While others are panicking, you're not panicking. And I thank, I thank God that we read a lot of Dave's stuff and have devoured his stuff. And, and by God's grace, we're in a strong financial situation, but we still have to make hard leadership moves. I like Let me the, tell you this yeah, real quick. You leaders who are open to reading the Bible, you need to get in Genesis and read the story of Joseph. He's my favorite guy oh, in the yes. Bible. After I see Jesus and my loved ones in heaven, I'm going to interview that dude under a tree and not let him go. Heck yeah. Uh, because I think he's the greatest leader that we've seen uh, in the Bible. And let's take a lesson from him. You know, in the season of plenty, that dude got a word from the Lord, right? And I think we can take his word and say, he did it for Joseph, he'll do it for us. And in the seasons of harvest in the seasons of plenty, which those seasons are coming, folks. Store it up. For seven years, he put the stuff away. And then when the famine came, the whole world came to Egypt because he had so much grain. I just want to leave that nugget there. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and I want to piggyback on that because to do that, it's going to take courage. I mean, obviously, Joseph was a very courageous individual. You said earlier, you said uh, innovation only happens when you run out of resources. It's like crisis leads to innovation. So yeah. I, th- I think the same is true with courage. And I want you to, to talk about this real quick, because without fear presenting itself, you would have no opportunity to be courageous. 
So a, a situation like this, a global pandemic has to happen. You own a business, you're running a business or you're a leader in a business and all of a sudden layoffs start happening. Boom. All of a sudden fear now presents itself yep. and we have an opportunity to be courageous. What do you think leaders can do right now to make some courageous, bold moves in this? Yeah. I'm glad you asked pandemic. me this. Um, courage does not just appear. It just yeah. doesn't. Let me tell you, there's two things that lead to courage. Number one, clarity. Yeah. Clarity leads to confidence. Because I'm clear. See, the fear of the unknown, guys, is the number one fear that a human faces. That's right. You could list all the nasty, gnarly fears. I'm telling you, the fear of the unknown is what paralyzes people and Mm -hmm. leaders. So right now, clarity is everything. And we talked about this a few moments ago, this idea of getting clear. Where are we as a company? What changes do we have to make? Where are we going to have to pivot? What's our reality now? Clarity leaders will lead to confidence because a clear leader goes, okay, I know where I stand and I have a pretty good idea of what I need to do. I certainly know the problem I need to solve, right? Mm, yes. Clarity's huge. Well, now when I'm clear, I, I don't have a bunch of unknowns bounce around in my head that are freaking me out and paralyzing me. I don't know what to do. Yes, yeah, you do, right. leader. Get clear. <laughs> All right. Now, so clarity makes you confident. Now, follow this, folks, because when I'm confident and the fear rears its head and the doubt rears its head, and it makes me want to stop and retreat. I retreat back to clarity. Oh, wait a second. I'm clear. I see clear. Yeah. Yeah. Now the confidence is what leads to courage. That's right. See, see, courage doesn't make fear go away. Courage acknowledges fear and says, Yep, I'm afraid. Yep. But I'm clear and I know I need to do this. You know, this is like this is like as parents. I remember the first time I got my son Ty on a roller coaster. He was like six or seven years old. Kid was terrified. And I, just like every <laughs> other thing. parent, really motivational, super positive for about 90 seconds. And then I just blew it and I failed. Yep. Come on, Ty. Would daddy ever put you in danger? You know, like, what's wrong with you, kid? Yeah. He's six. He's not even listening to me. Mm. He thinks he's going to get on this ride and plummet to his death. That's all he's thinking about. He's not clear. He's just absolutely terrified. Wow. And so, so then what happens is, is he, uh, he watches me go on the ride and he sees me come off the ride and he goes, Oh, dad didn't fall to his death. Okay. I'm starting to get a little clarity that this thing is actually safer than I thought. And then he gets a little bit of confidence. So then he begins to hear me. Right. And then he gets in line with me, but did Ty's fear go away? No way. (laughs) His fear didn't go away until the ride finished. Right. Uh, that's good. So he's still in line holding my hand. Dad, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He had more clarity that dad didn't die. I just watched dad ride the ride and get off. But now all of a sudden he's going, okay, I'm confident. I, I think I'm confident. I'm still terrified. But that little boy at six kept stepping through the line until it was our turn to step on the ride and get locked in. And so clarity, Jason, is the answer because clarity will give you confidence that you will need to have courage. And all courage is, is stepping into and through the fear. That's amazing. Boom. We're going to wrap up here in just a second, Ken. I want to make two quick comments. First, I guarantee if my wife's listening, she's probably thinking, you psychopath dad, why would you ever make your six-year-old do that? Well, we've all done it. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. I think that is such a good move uh, to do with your kid. And then I would throw in um, what I've just, as I was listening to you talk, I was like, man, that is a, that's a very good point. Clarity leads to confidence, which leads to courage. And in that clarity moment, leaders, the best leaders have to be self-aware. 
We know the yep. Harvard Business Review did a, they referenced a study that had been done that the, the greatest leaders, their number one key quality was self-awareness. Yes. We have to be self-aware that what are the commitments during that moment, during the moments of confidence, like we've been in a bull market for what, 10, 11 years now. Yeah. What do we have commitments to live by our budgets, to have our emergency funds in place, to um, not over leverage ourselves, all of these things, those commitments, if we're self-aware right now and getting some clarity saying, you know what, I missed it here and I missed it there, but I'm going to recommit to making sure that I have these commitments moving forward, I think that's going to help us a lot as we do this reset. No question. And I'll just say a quick word on that. Uh, when we get out of this crisis, it's a great exercise for you leaders. And this is what I do every day on the Ken Coleman Show for everyday men and women who are looking to get clear. What was I created to do? Mm. Genesis says we, we were created to work. Makes the case that's right. that we have a contribution to this world through our work. So here's what the leader has to do, Jay, uh, David. You nailed it. Being self-aware. Here's how the leader becomes self-aware and removes blind spots. Number one, identify what you do best. Mm. What do you do best? What are the tasks and functions, that's the right. skills, the things that you bring to the table that you do best? They'll also make a list of what you're awful at. Because <laughs> yeah. by the way, your team knows. Yeah, that's right. And get self-aware on what you do best and what you're awful <laughs> at. Number two, what task functions, roles do you love to fill during your day? When you're doing this, it's like walk through the day with a pad of paper and a pencil and write down the things that give you the juice and the things that suck the life out of you. That's going to give you a really good indicator of what you love to do. So you as the leader need to be doing those things and delegating the things that you hate to do and the things that you're awful. By the way, you'll see congruence there. You'll see of we as humans don't like to do things we're awful at except for golf, but that's with friends and it's outside. So that's why I play golf. <laughs> it works. And then the third thing is, the third indicator is what results matter most to you. Yeah. What results of your work matter most to you? I get the juice when these results, I see my hands directly involved in these results. Leaders, you do those three indicating exercises and you're going to see what your sweet spot is and you'll remove your blind spots. And by the way, if you haven't done this as a self-aware leader, you're the last one to know. Your people all know this. Yeah. When you get self-aware, sit them all down and go, hey, sorry I've been adult and I haven't been aware, <laughs> but now I'm aware. And they're going to love you and they're going to follow you and they're going to be really, really excited. And then the last thing on this, I know we got to go. No, that's great. But the sweet spot, I'm talking to two world-class baseball players, at least it used to be before you got old. Uh, we're, and we're in our mid-40s. You now. guys know what the sweet spot means. Yep. When you guys, and you didn't do it very often because you both weren't great hitters, but when you did hit the <laughs> sure. ball well on the sweet spot of the bat, three things happened. Number one, it felt effortless to you. Right. You swung just as hard as you did every other time, but you barely felt the contact of the ball. It was almost like a click that you barely felt. And boy, it felt good and it felt effortless. Number two, I used to sit in the stands and watch you guys actually hit some really good balls. I was make, poking some fun at them. And I was the guy in the stands cheering. And it looked effortless to me. When, when you guys hit one over the wall, it looked effortless to me. I was like, boy, that was a beautiful swing. It barely, didn't look like they did anything. Right. Then the third thing that happened was maximum performance. Yep. The ball went faster and farther. That's what you as the leader, that's what sweet spot leadership will look like. Man, that's beautiful. Uh, you know what? I'm going to steal that too. There's about six <laughs> or seven things I think I'm going to steal. Oh, this just we'll, absolutely we'll give you nuggets. great credit. Okay, so obviously this is the expert ownership podcast, how to own your business without it owning you. But we're talking more than just owning your business. We're talking about owning every area of your life. I'm going to list uh, five things. We call this our faithful five. Areas where you need to own it, you need to own it in your faith, your family, your finances, your fitness, and your friends. Ken, 
Pick one of those, faith, family, finances, fitness, or friends, and tell me how you're owning it, and we're going to end with this. Yeah, I'm going to pick faith because um, I'm parenting three middle schoolers right now, and Mm. I've never done this before. (laughs) 21 years into marriage with an awesome woman, and um, also pursuing what God's put on my life, and there's a heavy, heavy responsibility, you know, to get on the air every day and and pour into people and I can't pour out what I don't have inside of me. That's good. And so I've been really challenged right now that, um, I've got to be strong and I'm a very weak guy, as you both know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, but (laughs) uh, my faith right now, I'm owning it in that I'm dealing with my fears and doubts and pride every day. I'm calling it out with the Lord, with people that are close to me, including my wife and close friends. And uh, I'm trying to uh, be so vulnerable and transparent with the Lord so that, so that he will give me the strength I need. Because never before in my life have I realized, and this is true for every leader, it has nothing to do with being a national radio guy or author or speaker. I cannot do what God has called me to do if I'm not at my best spiritually, or at least giving the best effort to be my best. So it's just Bible reading and prayer and open communication with people where I feel weak. Well, Ken, I'll tell you this, brother, you are absolutely owning it. And just, just, just in the last 30 minutes, just the, the wisdom that's come out of you. And I know it's going to help millions of people that listen to this Lord willing millions listen to it, because I think that the things that you shared are just fantastic. So thanks for, uh, coming on with us, man. We love your brother. We, I'm so thankful that um, we're connected with you and that your voice is being elevated in this moment in world history. Well, I love you guys. I'm proud of you. I look up to you, even though you guys are younger, but you are <laughs> way more handsome than I am. And so I look up to you guys in so many ways. I love what you're doing. And uh, as soon as this thing calms down, let's get you to Nashville. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, Ken. Ken Coleman, I can't believe it's. It was like yesterday we're in college and he's eighteen, running through the dorm rooms, and who knows what you were doing at that time. Oh, but listen. to see him, I mean, honestly, on stage, I mean, he's live uh, national media on hosting the Dave Ramsey show and giving us that type of content. That was, you know, while he's talking, I just couldn't help but to remember my freshman, actually my sophomore year in college, he came to the dorm room and he ran over there and he knocked on my door, actually banged on the door. And I was like, what, what do you want, dude? And he's like, man, I got to borrow your truck. I just ran over a skunk and I've got a date with Rachel, this girl <laughs> named Rachel, who was like a senior at the time. And so I went down and smelled his car and I couldn't even get in. Oh it my smelled gosh. so bad. So over. I let him take the truck. Oh man. I, well, okay. Hey, things I liked best. Uh, a takeaway from what he said. He, he talked about leadership right now and, and many leaders across the country and we're talking to small business owners saying, hey, we got to show courage right yeah. now. We got to show courage. And he basically gave a very practical way. He said, you know, clear communication yeah. creates confidence and that confidence allows you to have courage, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. And then he, he went even further and I love this. He gave those four practical ways to clearly communicate. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what we're going to do about what we know, and here's what we're going to do based on what we don't know. That is so stinking good. How simple. Man, that's really going to help a lot of leaders, especially now in this time of uncertainty. But the thing that stuck out most to me was the three enemies of a leader, fear, doubt, and pride. Mm. And I think about fear and doubt right now with these uh, small business owners. I mean, we're there. Yeah, I mean, oh, the, of course. I, I feel that, yeah. that fear, and then the doubt, can we come out of this or whatever? But, you know, ultimately, God 
is is in control of and this. our pride's getting and then, whacked a little bit. Yeah, and then the pride, it's like you know, I mean, your business is going down. It feels like, and you can't take you know, you can't find your identity in your business. Yeah, you got to find your identity in who God says that you are. So don't let this be a hit to your pride. You either win or you learn. You don't win and you lose. That's good. So that's where we got to move forward. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, if you're looking to crack the code to have financial freedom, a thriving business, and a life of impact, the best resource we know is our expert ownership course, where we take you through a step-by-step process to help you become a CEApreneur. You can earn more income and even have more impact, especially with those people that matter the most to you in your family and in your friendships. ExpertOwnership.com is your course. 